Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how the devil are you doing? Yay, Olympics! <laughs> well, as the official mascot of the Tokyo 2020-21 uh, Olympics, Chris, I think you shouting <laughs> Year Olympics uh, at, the, at, the, at the start of every uh, Abroad Japan podcast <laughs> is exactly what the brand needs, to be quite frank. Absolutely, it's <laughs> off to a good start. Generally, did you see the um, they had the? I think the only the only exciting good part were the drones that flew over the stadium. To be fair, I didn't see the entire Olympic ceremony, but mm. uh, opening ceremony. But everyone that did, they went on about the drones, the drone globe. Did you see it? Did you retweet I- it? I didn't see or retweet it. I saw like a what? very grainy shot that someone put on Twitter of the the, the drainy globe. Uh, drone globe, and, uh, <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, I've, I've kind of, seen, I've, I think we've seen versions of that before, haven't we? The Chinese have done a few little kind of, um, kind of New Year oh, celebration drone. The wind displays, out of the they? sails. I'm, the wind is out saying, of the I've sails. Seen it before, mate. Give me something new. Give me explosions. Unleash Godzilla over the <laughs> over the skyline. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm glad the Olympics are just underway now. I mean, we've talked about it for years, and it's been. Mm. It's been like one of the overarching themes in my sort of nine years in Japan, right? The Olympics. It's kind of here. It is here. And it seems to be off to a good start. There was a turbulent week in the run up to it. The um, the head of the Olympic uh, opening ceremony lost his job, I believe. Mm-hmm. And the uh, composer as well for something he did back in 1995. Oh, yes. The head of the opening ceremony made some ridiculous remarks regarding the Holocaust and uh, they came mm. back to bite him from uh, from something he said in the 90s. Either it's way... As if, it's not as if the, 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 the people who actually do the athletics are the reason why we're watching this. <laughs> <laughs> the people who are organising it, they're quite scummy, aren't they, really? <laughs> they're quite yeah. problematic. And in fact, the um, I think the head of the IOC gave a, a speech that went on far too long uh, right. during the opening ceremony. A lot of people weren't happy about that either. But it's out the way, it's done, the games are happening, and it seems to be off to a reasonable start. And uh, now that it's happening, it's good. And so let's yes. just hope nothing else goes wrong. No. Not that I'm really that interested in it. Are you watching it? Are you keeping up to speed on things? 
Um, I, mean, to be, I watched a bit of the soccer because it's really interesting you have the opening ceremony after several games of football have already taken place mm. several games of netball and stuff mm. um, so yeah I saw a bit of the swimming I saw like, that Australian uh, coach uh, go crazy uh, mental when his, oh, um, that. Yeah, his charge he started humping the uh, humping the, the banister humping the barricade uh, <laughs> it was so funny um, and if you can't look if your mate the person you've been training all these years um, wins gold at the Olympics, I think you're Absolutely. out of Humber, Humber Bannister, and that's not problematic, all right? You can well, get away with him? anything. He would have. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, it's great that it's finally underway. I've got to uh, uh, got to worry about a typhoon. I don't think we normally get that many typhoons this time of year, but we've got a typhoon, mm. typhoon Nepotak, which reminds me of Nepotak. Imhotep, the, wow. the mummy. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's hitting Sendai head on. I think it's the first typhoon in recorded history to make landfall north of Fukushima. Usually it hits Kyushu, gradually works its way up through Shikoku and mm. Tokyo. And by the time it gets here, it's like a, a trickle, a trickle of rain. But this time, tomorrow night, 3 a.m., it's going to smash its way into Sendai. And hopefully it's not too bad because a lot of typhoons, they sort of hype it up as this terrible thing that's coming. And then it finally arrives here and it, it's, it sort of lingers on and it's sort of already dead at that point. Right. I don't know why I'm talking as though it's a a living, breathing creature. But well, I, just, uh, I just hope that uh, you're. I just hope that you're in a position where you're not in your studio. That's ten ten flights up or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you get smashed to pieces. My brand new studio. Yes, it's. Uh, I still haven't got the keys to that. I'm still waiting on that. Hopefully, it's good. But uh, as soon as I get the keys, I might well do the podcast from there. We'll see. Although it's going to be very echoey because it's a very big, empty room. We have got a story this week from Caleb, and it revolves around islands um Ooh. like one of the things when you come on the jet program japan exchange teacher program one of the sayings that you hear a lot is everybody has a different experience and it's kind of a cliche but it's true japan is a quite a large long country and it's quite diverse in locations you can get and you know you'll be driving through the middle of nowhere and you'll think oh my god there's probably an alt out here doing something <laughs> and this is a story from a guy caleb who is in the most remote place I think you could possibly have in all of Japan. It begins, hi, Chris and Pete, Caleb here. Uh, I've been living in Japan for two years now, and I've worked as an ALT on the JET program. While I was filling out the application, I came across a question where you could choose where you get placed. Having studied abroad in Saitama, I felt I'd experienced enough of Tokyo, and I'd like something a little bit different. But I had absolutely no idea where I would like to be placed. Now, I'm not a fan of the cold. As long as it was any place other than Hokkaido, I knew I'd be fine. I ended up not asking for any specific place and instead just asked for an island. Oh, God, a bold move. (laughs) I thought an island would be a cool experience and offer me a good environment to better my Japanese language ability. Now, in my mind, I had pictured something like Ishigaki in Okinawa or the Goto Islands, something decently inhabited and modern. Well, after receiving the email with my my placement from the consulate, I quickly opened up Google Maps and searched for Toshima Village, Kagoshima Prefecture. To my surprise and horror, I'd gotten exactly what I asked for. At first, I couldn't see anything on the map. All I could see was an open ocean between Yakushima and Omamiyoshima. I zoomed in a bit, and there was my placement, a group of seven tiny islands. I quickly looked up all the information I could find and realised I'd be living on Tairajima, an island of less than 80 people with no grocery stores, no convenience stores and a ferry that only comes twice a week if the waves cooperate. Uh, I was also to be the first foreigner to live on the island. 
Needless to say, I was terrified and had everyone telling me that if they'd gotten that placement, they would have dropped out. But after some serious <laughs> thought and research, I decided to go through with it. Fast forward to today, and I've been here two years now, and it'll be uh, I'll be here for what, at least one year more. I currently teach a combined elementary junior high school of just 20, chi- 20 kids, uh, which gives me great opportunities to connect with them on a personal level and create lessons geared towards their individual needs. In these two years... I've swam among coral reefs with sea turtles. I've participated in the island's Orbon dance, and I've translated some tourist info for the island. And I just took my N2 Japanese proficiency test last July. Although my placement makes it harder to travel and sightsee on the mainland, it's given me the opportunity to travel and see places that very few people have ever seen. While I was initially terrified and lonely, I've come to truly appreciate my place on the island and my slice of paradise and the people I've come to know while staying here. If you ever want to do a real Lost Islands video, let me know. All the best <laughs> from Caleb. And if you look at the map, type in uh, Toshima, T-O-S-H-I-M-A, Toshima, uh, Kagoshima District, you will see an island, and you'll have to look hard, a very, very small <laughs> island, nestled between Yakushima, where we went on the um, the first episode of Journey Across Japan, and uh, Amami Oshima. And oh my God, I don't know how he's done that. What do you reckon, Pete? Like, Could you live on like, an island of that size? <laughs> it looks like deepest, darkest, like in the middle of like Hawaii or something, doesn't it? I mean, there's, there's, yeah. I mean, the most kind of populated area just seems to be in the center, uh, near mm. some kind of history museum, it seems. Um, and Mike, which kind of looks like the word Mike, that's where Mike lives, and the Yuruse Ranch. Um, yeah, <laughs> it just looks like, yeah, it just looks very um, ranchy, very, uh, very rural. Ranchy. A lot of donkeys Very around. Ranchy. I'm loving it. I'm loving it, but I mean, I would find it very hard to live there. You would there, be able to live there, Mr. Connected, Mr. Soho, Central Mr. London. Connected. You could not live on an <laughs> island like that for a year, disconnected from the world. Hey, look, there's, there's, there's probably excellent 4G because of very few <laughs> actual houses using it. <laughs> That's true, actually. I wonder how the internet is. Clearly it works if Caleb's yeah. messaging us and listening in. But uh, I'd, I kind <laughs> of want to go, but I'm also kind of scared. If there's a ferry that only comes two weeks, like that right. is bonkers. Like I was looking at some islands recently, uh, like Algashima, uh, one of the islands very south of Tokyo, very far south, uh, like a thousand kilometers. Mm. And to get there, you need to take like a week, like a, a few day long ferry ride. And then some days the ferry can't even dock. And uh, I've heard that you get lifted in some cases during choppy waters. You get lifted off the ferry by a crane, which is technically illegal. <laughs> But they do it anyway because there's no much, not much choice to get off it. What you just sit on a, Bonkers. you just jump on a crane. They they have like a little crane with a fork, like a fork lift sort of right. fork on the end of it, and uh, it comes out over the boat and picks up a crate, and you can sort of sit in the crate, and it they lift you off the boat and onto the island. <laughs> what a way oh, to land on an island! Yeah. That's sweet. I mean, and why? And tell me why you're not doing this right now, Chris. Tell me why you're not <laughs> travelling to this little island now. I think I've travelled enough, and I don't want to be there. That's the last place you want to be when the typhoon hits down that yeah, neck of the woods, right? Typhoon, yeah. schmyphoon, come on. Draw. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think a lot of people forget that Japan's got over 6,000 islands, and uh, mm. you often wonder, like, what goes on on those little islands? Like, if you go on Google Maps and okay. look around the coastline, you'll see thousands <laughs> of little islands. Like, you just think, how do people live on there? But it's like a little mm. port town community. 
on this well, you, one, you, I, you get the feeling that because, like in in England, you can kind of mm. if you find some land that is uninhabited and not owned by anyone, you can claim it. You know, it takes a long time, but you can claim it. Um, maybe mm, you could mm. do that in, in in Japan. Find a little island that's not been uh, inhabited or no one's laid claim to it, and just say, the, "I live here. Some... This is mine." It's how the Senkaku Islands dispute started, didn't it? <laughs> Between yeah, China and like, Japan. You could be like that one of those blocks on uh, is it uh, the, the, that oil rig that's off the coast of um, off the coast of is it Cornwall or something? Well, that guy just declared a new country <laughs> off of uh, Norfolk, yeah, Sealand or something. Sealand, yeah, Sealand. Do a bit that. Land. We'll do it. <laughs> but well done, Caleb. I'd I'd like to hear more about what that's like to live mm. on. If you're listening in, Caleb. Like fill us in. What what is it like? And where are these twenty kids? If there's eighty people on the island and twenty kids, <laughs> how does that work? I'm guessing it's twenty kids from all the seven islands, maybe. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at uh, a local guide has reviewed the um, the ranch, the Yorose uh, ranch. Four reviews, three point five stars out of five. Um, a very nice place, suitable for finding yourself. <laughs> <laughs> suitable for finding yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'd love to go down. Mm. Maybe we'll ha- make it happen. Mm. I'll drag Natsuki down there and we'll, we'll check it out. And uh, you mm. can give us a, a nice warm welcome, Caleb. Um, amazing stuff, though. And uh, I think that's a great story. I know a lot of people are daunted when they come on the JET program or come to live in Japan on any teaching program. You never know mm. where you're going to end up. And I, I was nervous ending up in Yamagata, where there's just cherries, let alone an island in the middle of the sea. So, <laughs> you know, you can make it work. So well done to you, Caleb. We got yeah. some interesting news this week, though. So we've got the uh, Olympics have been going on. Uh, but kind of another thing that overshadowed the Olympics a little bit at the start was a French chap who's gone on a hunger strike over his abducted kids. Um, he's now his third week of doing this. For a bit of context, um, in Japan, when you break, if something goes wrong with your partner and you've got kids and you're married, uh, the woman always gets to take the kids. Really, there's uh, there's no like the kid. The kids are sort of uh, taken away by the mum, and they have custody without question. Uh, now, what this means for a lot of folks who are in a relationship where there's a, like a Japanese mother and a foreign father, they can take the kids back to Japan and sort of just disappear with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's quite a, a serious situation. It's something that's been going on for years and. Uh, and, you know, a lot of uh, human rights organizations have raised this with Japan. And, of course, it's still a problem in Japan. Uh, fathers in Japan who have, uh, have their relationships gone the wrong way and uh, they, they've never seen their kids again. They've just sort of disappeared. Uh, but this French chap, uh, Vincent Fichot, he's been on hunger strike in Tokyo seeking access to his children. Uh, and he's even got the support of President Emmanuel Macron um, to try and help and lobby the Japanese government to change this policy he's uh, 39 years old and he says his two children were adopted by their japanese mother and he's been on hunger strike since july 10th in a bid to be reunited with his family uh, he was a former finance worker uh, who has lived in japan for 15 years but he's been sitting day and night outside a train station near the olympic stadium uh, and he's actually received a lot of publicity for this have you have you actually seen this news story at all Pete or heard anything I've about not, it I've not actually no it's this is the first time I've uh, heard of it maybe it's uh, bigger news out in uh, Japan I've not heard anything uh, through the prism uh, of the Olympics through that context anyway I mean this is one of those sort of darker and more unpleasant aspects to Japan's judicial system along mm. with the old you can be you can be arrested and stuck in a prison you're guilty mm. to proven innocent um, this is up there with sort of the sort of the more darker unpleasant aspects but uh uh 
he uh, during the meeting Macron brought up Fischo's extremely tragic situation. So he met with the Prime Minister Yoshihide Suga and mm. uh, talked to him about it. But uh, it's oh, it's kind of sad. I mm. don't know what you could do about it, really. But uh, apparently, every single year, one hundred fifty thousand miners are forcibly separated from a parent uh, in Japan. So this is a pretty big issue. And he's been approached by uh, people from outside Japan and also people within Japan who have uh, faced this problem. But uh, good luck to him. I hope something comes mm. from it. But uh, a nasty thing. So just be careful. If you get married and have kids in Japan, be aware of that because it's not bad. It's not a good thing. Uh, and uh, it's, it doesn't end well sometimes. Do you see Carlos Ghosn finally gave an interview about how he escaped Japan <laughs> in a box? Yeah. Now now the uh, blocks have gone down for his uh, for, <laughs> for helping and aiding him in his escape. I hope they're getting a lot of money for that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know, right. Carlos Ghosn got away with it. The uh, For those of you who don't know, Carlos Ghosn, massive... Uh, figure in the in the car world, he oversaw Nissan and Renault, and then uh, he got prosecuted in Japan for corruption charges that uh, a lot of people question. They say it's for political reasons. And while he was being held in prison for about a year, he decided to escape, and he escaped in a box. He got a train from Tokyo to Osaka, uh, and then he hid in a box in a privately chartered plane and uh, flew to Lebanon via Turkey. And uh, it's quite a big story. One day he was there, and then the next morning he was just gone. And there was, mm. it was just he just appeared in Lebanon. But uh, I feel sorry for the guys that kind of helped him. I helped him either willingly or unwillingly, uh, unknowing. But ended up uh, ended up taking the heat and actually being put in prison in Japan. But uh, he, he talked about he did an interview with the BBC, I think, and he talked about what it was like to be in a box in a plane for all those hours. And that's mm. something that I, I think was overlooked a little bit. Like that is insane. I don't like flying in a seat, let alone flying in a fucking box for like 12 hours to Turkey. Like, yeah, what but you're allowed to hell? lie down, though. You just lie down, have a little sleep. Have a little <laughs> get, sleep. Get yourself some uh, of my favourite sleeping tablets, uh, Japanese sleeping tablets, Druel. Get a couple of them. <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs> Poor, I mean, it's insane. I don't know what to make of it, but uh, yeah, Carlos Game, he's escaped. And I, mm, it's it's interesting when you talk away. to to uh, like other foreigners in Japan, many of them are sort of broadly supportive of him kind of uh, of, of actually escaping Japan, mm. whereas Japanese people are not supportive and are angry and feel like he should come back and face justice. So it's mm. quite interesting seeing that dynamic play out, but uh, I still it's can't believe he... that It's amazing that under yeah. house arrest he wasn't ankle tagged. <laughs> like he, he I wasn't know, right? tagged that he just couldn't be leaving. Like, But it, it sounds like he had the freedom to move around... His sort of village or his town, I guess, because like he managed to sort of go to the shops and then you know jump on a shinkansen, get you, get himself to, I think it is Kyoto or Osaka or somewhere, and flew out. Yeah, of, uh, got, so you got to Osaka. Airplanes. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that's not you know the airports at Osaka are not it's not chump change. It's not not they're not um, two bit operations, are they? They're, they're international hubs, <laughs> aren't they? Very. Weird. I get. Well, I guess again he was in the box, right? Because mm. that's the only way he yeah. could have slipped out, but. It is insane. I'd like to. I'd like to actually watch that full interview and find out the ins and outs of what happened. But uh, Carlos going. There Carlos you go. Gone. I still can't believe he's gone. Still can't. Carlos <laughs> going. He's gone. I still can't believe it happened. <laughs> given he was such a big figure, he had a manga about him. They wrote a cart. Right. He had a, a manga about the man. For God's sake. Look oh, what happened. Why don't you do like um there's lots of like radio features on Radio On where um a DJ will go missing for the day and you've got to like follow all the clues. Why don't you just one day 
do uh, like a hunt for Chris and you just sort of like leave little online breadcrumbs for people. And nobody has to sort of be, because you can't be in Japan, but, you know, we sort of, through the clues, you could work out where Chris has gone and we earn a, I don't know, a, a, a box of coolish or something. <laughs> the, the idea ran out of fuel very fast. It really did. Odds yeah. are <laughs> I'm down the nearest family mart trying the crispy fried chicken. <laughs> I brought out some new chicken. It's delicious. We'll be back with the fax machine in just a moment with your questions. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stressors. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realize that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension. So you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash Japan. And we're back with the fax machine. What have we got this week, Mr. Dawson? We got one from AJ. Hello, or AJ, maybe. Uh, probably got to go for AJ, okay? Uh, hello, Shogun Pete and Pauper Chris. Yes, uh, my name is AJ, and I live in Bromley in Kent. First home in... Uh, First home in London, that was, Bromley, lovely. Um, I'm someone who recently is getting back into gaming and even managed to get a hold of a PlayStation 5 recently. How is your hunt going, Chris? My question is, if you could both self-insert, and I'm glad AJ wrote it like this, (laughs) self-insert one video game, self-insert yourself into one video game, which would it be and why? Take care, guys, a chair. (laughs) PSP, how's the gaming chair? Still covered in glue, still looks like I've been up to no good, unfortunately. Um, but give it you know, a clean. As I said, 
give it a I'm trying, but it's glow. Can't just wipe <laughs> glow off, can you? <laughs> I mean, I think I'd probably have to go for Uncharted. I absolutely love Nathan Drake. I love the Uncharted video games. I've I've noticed in recent years when I do sit down to play a video game, it's more for a narrative driven experience than sort of an open world thing. Like I played mm. Red Dead Redemption and GTA and uh, I, I just I just find like I don't have the time to sit through it all and carve out my own story. Whereas mm. something like Uncharted, I'm a big fan of Indiana Jones and I just think the Uncharted series captures that sort of adventure atmosphere perfectly and I love it and I want to be Nathan Drake. What about you? <laughs> um, I, I do worry the fact that you almost refuse to get on a horse and a Cessna plane, uh, <laughs> that you're, you think you're going to be uh, the kind Shout of daring-do adventure oh, monster Nathan that Drake, is Nathan I tell you. Drake. <laughs> I might not go in the big scary cave. I'm getting cave. on that plane. The cave oh, yes, with the, the cave. The cave <laughs> with the, the house millipede in it or something. Indiana Lord Jones. You. Indiana Jones is afraid of snakes. I am the same. I'm literally <laughs> Indiana Jones. Yeah, the, oh, this so is a little bit longer that. than Indiana Jones's, unfortunately. I would insert <laughs> myself into a video game from the 80s that normal remember, uh, Jet Set Willy, um, which is like what a, is that? an 8-bit platformer, uh, and it was very much a product of its political uh, political environment uh, in that uh, it's the sequel to Manic Miner that you might have heard of. Oh yeah, yeah. And it was like it was like a little little Iconic. little platform game. In Manic Miner, he was uh, just a miner, and he was just it was just a little kind of um, screen by screen platformy game where you had to collect um, as many like you know jewels and little odds and sods underground because he was a miner. And then mm. uh, like a like a Thatcherite kind of like a Thatcher um, Maggie Thatcher like fever dream, he'd become an aristocrat because he was so well off because of the unions and stuff. Um, and he uh, and he had a big massive house. And it was the day after a big party and his housekeeper wouldn't let him go to bed until he'd gone around and collected all of the wine glasses and beer bottles and stuff. So this guy uh, goes around 120, um, 130 screens or rather rooms in his home and uh, yeah, and collects all of the wine glasses and beer, beer bottles and stuff. I've never completed it, but it's one of those. It was the first game I played on the old Amstrad CPC 6128. And it's uh, yeah, it's got a really uh, it's, it's, it's got got a bit of my heart devoted to it. Well, it just sounds like Sunday night at Pete Donaldson's house. Yeah, oh yeah, very much so. I mean, it's like the, the stag do that I was at at the weekend. Just I made a terrible mess in the hotel. Luckily, I could just leave it after stuffing everything in the bin. That's such a cool game. That's that's such a cool premise for a game. It's fun. Why don't it's we have fun, 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 fun. Classic. Love it. We've got one from Ian here. It says, hey, Chris, hey, Pete, greetings from South London. My name's Ian. My wife and I can't wait to visit Japan, but there's one thing that sticks in my mind as being a significant worry. It's the toilets. Firstly, the old style ones you have to somehow squat down on. I practice the position. I suspect I'd end up not making a very good job of it. So please tell me, how can I make sure I don't ever encounter one of those squat toilets? Also, with the computer toilets, computer toilets, is there always an option to use loo roll or do I need to bring my own? All the best, Ian. Ian, you're worrying too much, mate. The the good news <laughs> is squat toilets. I they're very hard to find these days. They're they're kind of dying out. Um, they're still there, but often you'll go in a toilet and there'll be like three or four cubicles, and like one of them will be a squat toilet and two of them will be mm. Western style. So if you go in a toilet and see a squat toilet there, don't panic too much. Go and check the other cubicles because the odds are there is a good toilet in one of the other ones. And uh, don't worry, you know you don't need to bring toilet roll. I don't know why that's. <laughs> don't know why I have to worry about that. Well, I like the term do... computer toilets, though. Yes, Sounds definitely. Cool. I think they say that um, squat toilets are um, 
better for you. It's just better for the colon. You're not straining and stuff because you you know you're completely. Uh, I'm going to use the word open um, because you're because you're kind of, well because like you can buy those like kind of squatty potty stools to put your feet up. Yeah, I saw a, Brian a, Cranston a had one. I think. Mm, yeah, it's uh, popular in LA. I was I thought I wouldn't be able to buy a squat toilet um, online, but turns out you really can. 160 quid for a squat <laughs> toilet. Lovely. I might get it installed. It's called an what, Indian just... style squat pan. <laughs> just to prank and irritate guests coming to your new house. Yeah. Guess what our toilet's like? Oh, Pete, you like Japan. It's probably one of those computer toilets, isn't it? Nope. <laughs> nope. It bloody isn't, The antithesis mate. To, the, to the computer toilets. Uh, dear, oh, dear. Wow. Go and buy but one. Yes. Go and buy one. But you're fine. There'll always be an option to not use a squat toilet. I'll just do it in the street like a dog. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, got a message from Nikolai from Denmark. Greetings, Christopher and Peter. That's that's the respect we deserve, isn't it, Christopher and Peter? Big right now, I'm planning a trip to the magical country of Japan with my group of best mates. Unfortunately, we have come upon a different dilemma. Being from Scandinavia, we can barely survive when our summer temperatures go above 25 degrees. <laughs> what oh What are some of the best ways to beat the heat in Japan, Nikolai from Denmark? I mean, don't go outside. That's basically yeah, what I do in summer. Yeah. I mean, I went outside today and after about 10 minutes, I was drenched in sweat and I had to have a shower. Like in this time, like this time of year, you need like two or three showers a day if you're going to go outside because yeah. it's just horrible it's and I don't like it. Around about this time of year. Where are we in? July? And July? Yeah. I don't really sort of spent a lot of time in, in, in Japan in July, but I think that might be, mm. my, might be my first trip and I was just constantly sweat. And I had like a lot of like blue what I'd probably call bus driver shirts. Like, you know, bus drivers in, in, <laughs> yeah, in England, yeah. they have like white, like have, have like blue um, short sleeved shirts, collared shirts. And, uh, oh, every picture I took of myself, <laughs> just absolutely <laughs> drenched in it. Disgusting. That's a very good tip, actually. Yeah, wear, wear dark clothes because otherwise mm. you'll get very visible, very unpleasant sweat patches. But uh, mm. drink curry sweat. That's a good thing about vending machines. They're everywhere. Stay indoors, nice air conditioning. Don't go outside too much. Lot and of wear shops, dark hand out handkerchiefs. Absolutely, mm. handkerchiefs. Yeah, you want these. Actually, you get these really good wipes, Gatsby wipes, in uh, all the convenience stores. And you can use those to mop your brow, wipe mm. your face, and they're very refreshing do, 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 and cool. Do people actually, unironically, use Gatsby? Because um, it's like <laughs> hair gel, hair product, hairspray, hair mousse. It's got all kinds of male hair tonics um, that you see in in, in the Seven Elevens. But I've never actually seen a person walking down the street with a with a tub. I use Gatsby. Do you I use Gatsby? Well, I've got nothing, there's nothing. There's nothing else to buy here. It's, it's I thought Gatsby you were a mid Doctor Jelly gel man. Oh, <laughs> That's what I heard. Don't bring that back. Don't don't remind <laughs> me of that crap. Doctor <laughs> Jelly hair gel slapped in my hair like a, like I'm a toy. Slapped in my oh, it's awful. I Go I on. do like when Natsuki is behind a, a head of hair and he's in a in a, obviously you were in a karaoke booth there, but um when he's in a in a kind of like hair cutting kind of situation, he turns into a very different person because he's all business. <laughs> even in even when he was just doing the acting, he was just like really kind of laissez faire, kind of really relaxed and stuff because he was you know in his element because he's a he's a hairdresser. <laughs> well, he wasn't acting, was he? He was just doing his bloody no, nine to five exactly. job. <laughs> He'd come on a holiday. Just to act as a hairdresser, act as the very thing he does ninety five percent of the time. What a surreal situation! Turned out quite well though. It's quite happy with that one. Yeah, fun. I have to say, I think the second Doctor Jelly is my favourite. The, the right, only okay. the only thing that let us down on the third one was uh, the location. Trying to make a karaoke booth look like a hairdresser's or a barber's, mm. pretty difficult. 
but we just he had about little curlers with Ian's hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know how they don't know how he managed to fit those in there, but uh, yeah, go and check out the Doctor Jelly commercial. I put or I combined all three commercials into one super Doctor Jelly commercial on the second channel, Chris Abroad. Check ah, it out. Cool. Go and check it out. Uh, keep the stories, questions, comments coming into Abroad Japan podcast at gmail.com, guys. We'll be back in the next few days, still all over again on the Abroad Japan podcast. But for now, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world, have yourself a great week, and we'll see you then. Bye for now. Yum yum. <laughs> What's that? I don't know. It's my new, it's my new sign off. Yum yum. Dear <laughs> And we're back with the fax machine. What have we got in the week? They're here. Fuck. Abroad in Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm.